everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. So we see partnership here at the Vineyard uh, as a way to make a commitment to a community of people. Uh, If you're following Jesus, the idea is that wherever you're coming from, that your life and your heart has turned toward him and you're moving in his direction so that your life and your love and your, uh, the things you do and the things you say and the things you believe start to align with him. But we need each other in order to do that faithfully over a lifetime. And so basically, the commitment is, as it's been described, I'm doing this with these people. I'm choosing the, the individuals in this room uh, to be followers of Jesus with, even or especially when it gets hard, even or especially when it gets uncomfortable, even or especially when I don't feel like I have any faith left, the community can step in and help carry you and point you back to Jesus. And so what I want to do, I don't, I don't have a lot of time. I'm not going to be able to go through the entire document. Again, if you want to read that on your own, that's, that's cool. I think it's, it's pretty uncontroversial. Uh, the things that we're sharing have their root in the Bible and in the words of Jesus and in the person of Jesus. Uh, but I want to read from Colossians chapter 3 and then comment on a few of the individual lines. And so would you guys stand as I read? Uh, this will be picking up a little bit from where Emily left off last week, but we just we stand to honor God as we listen to his words to us. And if you have your Bible along, we'll be in Colossians chapter 3 throughout the morning. So, since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, and so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So pray with me again. God, we ask that these words would uh, come into us and transform our hearts, that they would be words that we could live by. Uh, so, So pour out your peace on us and make us one. Increase our faith as we work to clothe ourselves with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We love you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. So I I have a question again uh, for the room. Is there something in your life that you want to be better at, that you're working on to improve? I think it's actually important that we all have an answer to that question. 
even if we haven't thought about it lately or else like without movement, uh, if we don't have a quest, if we don't have a journey, uh, if we're not growing, then we've, we've lost a sense of purpose and direction in our life, right? So, so let, let me ask you again, what in your life do you want to improve? What do you want to do better at? Just shout it out. Being authentic. Fortnite. Joyfulness. Some, what? Exercise. Sabbathing. Hearing God's voice. That's, I mean... That's a good one. And uh, hey, Zach, I'm going to single you out. What do you want to get better at? Say again. Video games. What about soccer? You want to keep getting better at soccer? Can we talk about soccer for a minute? Okay. So what are the things that you do to get better at soccer? You sprint. Yes. So you put in some work. You, do you sprint at practice? So you, you practice. Cool. Let me ask you this. Is there a soccer player that you watch and think, I'm going to use his moves? Marsala? Mo Salah? Mo Salah. I don't, who does he play for? Liverpool. Okay. So I'm, I like watch during the World Cup, but I don't know the players that well. So my soccer knowledge runs out at Lionel Messi. But, so what, uh, you watch him and you copy his moves. What, like what, what does he do particularly well? He scores, right? So you watch him score and you think, I want to be like him. I'm going to score like him. And so you practice, you imitate, you find somebody that you want to be like, and you kind of, you copy him. You, you, you do it, you're doing it, but you're doing it like him. And I think when it comes to change, there are a few things that are always necessary. So we've talked about having a good mentor, having, a, having someone that we emulate. We've talked about practicing what else, guys? What else do we need to change? Yeah. Right. So accountability, whether it be exercise or diet or soccer, you need, let's just, can we call them teammates? Uh, you need people who are doing the same thing, trying to accomplish the same goals to go with you. So that when you don't feel like doing it, they say, hey, where were you? I was at the gym. You weren't at the gym. Or, hey, I was at Life Group. We really missed you. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen you at church. Are you okay? Right? Uh, there's one, two, three things. I have one more thing in mind. Perseverance. That's something communicate Commitment. Uh, so I feel like commitment kind of covers all of those things. Like, it, to have a meaningful relationship, to have depth of relationship, there needs to be a commitment. Otherwise, as soon as you disagree or as soon as there's a conflict, what happens? They call it ghosting. If it, The kids call it ghosting. You just like, where, what happened to so-and-so? I never hear from him. I text him. He doesn't text back. I call him. He doesn't pick up. Uh, I go to his house. The lights are off. You know, what, you know? uh, not that, do people still go to each other's houses? I hope so. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, so I feel like commitment, and that's, that's kind of what we're talking about today. So that's a really good answer that I think encompasses those three things. And honestly, I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm not surprised because we work on this quite a bit, uh, but the default answer for most Christians is knowledge. And in a way, I'm proud of you for not bringing that up first. Uh, and knowledge is important. Like knowledge, 
of God and knowledge of a subject like, you, maybe you don't read books about soccer, but there are definitely things that if you want to improve, having some knowledge, reading a book about chess, uh, watching an instructional video about soccer uh, is, is part of the equation, but it's not everything. And so when we, when we apply this to our lives, to our relationships, to our love for God, knowledge plays a part, but it's not the only piece. We need community, we need mentors, and we need practice. So here at the Vineyard, we say often that our mission is to love like Jesus. And you've heard me say this before, but love takes practice. Love takes practice because when conditions are easy, when things are going smoothly, maybe it isn't so hard to be merciful and kind and tenderhearted and patient. But what happens when there's conflict in your life? What happens if you're feeling anxious in a room? What happens if you're starting to feel uncomfortable or attacked or threatened or cornered? Suddenly, we, we respond in ways that aren't loving. We either try to overpower the situation or we just we isolate and we turtle up, so to speak. We create distance between us and other people. Or maybe, and this is something I've struggled with and worked through, largely with the help of emotionally focused, is I would actually, if, I, if my wife and I, if Allison and I got into a conflict, I would like walk out of the room without saying anything. So that, that's one of the strategies we might use, but that's not a loving strategy. And so to practice love in community, to reflect on times and places when we haven't shown love is part of how we grow into our love for Jesus. And so in our passage here in Colossians, it says, above all, Clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Now, how many of you guys got dressed today? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, you didn't listen. Uh, but don't admit, and don't admit it if you didn't get dressed today. Okay, so just everybody raise your hand again. Like, did you get dressed today? Okay. Has, will anybody share how long they've gone wearing the same clothes day after day? I want to see who has gone the longest time without changing clothes. I went three days once. And I feel, I want to say that it was back in college, but I feel like it was probably during COVID. <laughs> Anybody have me beat? Nobody wants to admit that. Okay, maybe. So, so what, what happens if you don't change your clothes for a week? They get a little stinky. Something needs, like there's a refreshing that has to happen <laughs> over time or else uh, well, you could just call it unloving, I suppose. It's not loving yourself or other people to never change your clothes, right? Like, changing your clothes is a daily practice. It's a habit. You've done it long enough that you don't necessarily need help putting your clothes on, although that wasn't always true. And there will be a day where you don't need help to put on love or to put on the virtues, but let me, let me tell you, that's not going to happen for a while yet. There will be a day where you don't need help clothing yourself in love, but that day comes after you're dead. Learning to love like Jesus is a lifetime journey. And the metaphor here of putting on clothes is not something you do once and then you're done with it. Just like putting on your shirt and your pants and everything else that you, you know, clothed yourself with this morning isn't something you did today and will never have to do again. It, like, it's actually, there's a, there's a reorientation, there's a refreshing, and we need help. 
So in Colossians chapter 3, it says, since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, and this is where, this is where it all starts. God chooses us and he loves us to be holy people, set apart people, not because we've earned it, uh, not because we've got our act together, not because we live perfect lives. And that's important to remember as we do community with each other, because every single one of you have stuff to work on. And if you ever find a perfect church, don't go there because you'll screw it up. Uh, because, and, and as imperfect people, all of our relationships are going to be what? Imperfect. It's not a matter of if there will be conflict, it's a matter of when. It's not a matter of if we ever lose our temper or if we ever tr gossip or if we, you know, love imperfectly, it's a matter of when. And yet, God chooses us to be the holy people that he loves. And so in the commitment, we say we celebrate the mystery that despite our diversity and brokenness, it is by grace that we are all part of Jesus' body. Paul goes on. He, he mentions clothing yourself in love above all, but he, he mentions other virtues. He says, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and goes on. And I think these things are linked. It's very interesting for him to talk about this new life we have, uh, but the process of clothing ourselves in virtue, and then linking it to the end of the passage where it says, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And so these are habits that by you being here today, you're actually practicing. You're practicing the singing of songs, the worship of God. Uh, you're practicing, uh, you're participating in hearing the message of Jesus, the good news about uh, his love and his grace, but also the forgiveness of sins if we repent. And so there's a formational aspect to coming and worshiping God. So I've said this before too, worship is not just something we do, it is something that is done to us. And we're all worshiping something. And if we're not forming our hearts, if we're not orienting our hearts toward God, our worship will be of our kids, of our spouse, of our stuff, of our football team, of our favorite politician, of like fill in the blank, and all those things will ultimately not fill you the way that you need to be filled. And so eventually you'll, uh, you'll become very frustrated, <laughs> let's put it that way, uh, because only God can fill us in the way that we need to be filled. And so the habits that we form to put on the virtues are fueled by grace and we participate with the Holy Spirit. But it's important that we make these little choices to open ourselves up to the transformative power of God. So let me explain what I mean this a little bit. So uh, I have a three-year-old and she loves wildcrats. Anybody else here love wildcrats? Asa, do you like wildcrats? Yes. I also, I love that she loves wildcrats. Wildcrats is like inf informative. I learn stuff. They're, they're just, it's fun. It's, what do you like about wildcrats, Asa? I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's in his heart. He doesn't, he can't put words to it, right? Like, I, I love Wildcrats too. And there's some other shows that we love on the PBS Kids app, uh, like Daniel Tiger and Eleanor. 
But one day, Isla figured out that if she push, starts pushing buttons, she can watch other shows. And I don't know about these other shows. Like, I, I don't know if this is a good show or a bad show or if there's an agenda to this show or if the show is teaching a secular worldview in a way that's like a little too in your face or maybe, you know, a, a new age philosophy or like, I don't know what is that, what's going on in that show. So I, I take Isla aside. I said, Isla, I, I love you and I care about you deeply. And the thing about shows is they're kind of like food. So there's good food. There's like, there's healthy food. Like what healthy food guys? Chocolate. <laughs> Technically, if you don't add sugar and milk, which well, the candy bars also have added. Uh, Liam, what's your favorite healthy food? What's your favorite healthy food? Apples is a great example of a healthy food. Uh, Juniper, what's your favorite healthy food? Celery, also great. So there's the, all these healthy foods, just like there are shows that are good for you. Now, there's also shows that are just kind of neutral, and there's food that's just kind of neutral. Like, in our house, macaroni and cheese is one of those neutral foods. And it's not bad for you, but if all you ate is, mac is macaroni and cheese, it probably, you know, you wouldn't thrive and be a healthy person. So we try to limit our macaroni and cheese to five times a week. <clears throat> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and, and I said, and there are shows that we watch that are neutral. But I don't know if the show is good or neutral or bad. And then, but I know, I know uh, Isla, that there are shows that are bad for us. Just like some foods are poison. Like even, even a candy bar, like let's say, let's call chocolate neutral. But there's actually things in the range of bad for you that will harm you. And there are shows that you can watch that will do harm to your heart. Uh, and so we want to eat junk food as little as possible and when we avoid the things that will actually hurt us. And I, I think this, this applies to food. This applies to the television or the media that we consume. But it, it includes everything we do really in life. We are participating in habits that range from everything from what we listen to on the radio to where we go to spend our free time to the shows we watch, to the places we go to purchase stuff. Uh, go, walking into a Target has, there are things that they are doing, there are ways that they are showing you uh, visions of the good life, like this will make you happy. They purposely make you walk past the clothes to get to the groceries. And if you end up in the toy section, well, we just don't go back there. Like there, there's, the toys are calling to your children saying, buy me, I will make you happy. And so as we make choices every day, remember, they're not just things that we do. There are formational impact. There, something is happening in our heart in all we do. And so the commitment to a church is to say, I am going to choose to fill my life and fill my heart with good things on Sunday morning. It includes hearing the word of God. But have you noticed the fact that we stand when we read the Bible is actually an embodied formational habit. And what we're trying to communicate to ourselves is that God's words have like value to them. And God is someone when he speaks, like we want to honor him 
and listen. So, like, you see this, uh, how many of you guys have watched Downton Abbey? Uh, uh, we're re-watching Downton Abbey. What happens when a person of honor walks into a room? Everybody stands up. If Mr. Carson walks into the servants' hall, everybody stands up. If uh, any, any of the ladies, uh, whether it be Lady Grantham or Lady Mary, walk into a room, everybody stands up. It's, it's a show of honor, and it's, it's a reminder to ourselves, like, we want to we give these words authority. We take communion every week. This is an embodied action to keep us rooted in the love and the forgiveness and the sacrifice of Jesus. We never want to forget it. And knowledge won't take us the whole way. Like to practice, to, to embody, to participate in, and to receive the bread and juice every week is a reminder to ourselves. It's, it's like it's good food for our hearts and for our souls. And so we look at Colossians and we see how the formation of our habits takes us to the virtue of love like Jesus. Let me end uh, here. In Colossians, it says, whatever you say or do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And our commitment says, I will journey toward becoming whole in my mind, body, and emotions rather than make excuse for my shortcomings. I will be honest about my flaws, hang-ups, and brokenness and invite Jesus into them. And so the idea of virtue is that it's something that just comes naturally. It's something that flows out of us. And I heard a story about someone's uh, uh, experience of our church that I want to share. And I got, I got permission to do this. And I, I just think it represents so well who we are and what's, what's most precious to us here at the Vineyard. But the individual said, you know, I'm, I'm going through a situation right now. Uh, it's a very painful one. And I have been part of communities where if they found out about the situation, they would have walked away from me. They would have cut me off. And he said, I came to the vineyard. And you know what they did when they found out about my situation? They walked toward me. And then they said, can I pray for you? And they laid hands on me. And they blessed me. And they asked God to meet me and to intervene. That is who we are. That is who we want to be. This is the kind of community that we want to form us. And so I want to celebrate what God is doing in this place. And I'm going to invite you to, at the end of the service, say, I'm in. For this year, I'm choosing these people. And so just as we do communion and read from the Bible every week, we also create space in our service for God to come and to stir in our hearts. And so uh, as we move into ministry time, I invite you to stand. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.